Hello and welcome to the Bids, Tenders and Proposals podcast. Here you will get insights on how to write successful bids, how to do business with government, and things to avoid in your submissions. Here is your host Arvind Lau, who has evaluated thousands of tenders as part of his work and continues to provide technical advice and training to a number of government organizations and private sector on tendering, procurement, negotiations and contract management. So, let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by BidHQ.com.au. BidHQ is a platform where you can manage all your bids in one place and collaborate with your team to create the best bid responses. Sign up for a free trial at BidHQ.com.au. Hi everyone, welcome to the Bid Tenders and Proposals podcast. My name is Arvind Lal and in today's episode, I will be talking about all the different types of bid tenders and proposals that you will come across. You know, there are quite a few different types actually that uh, you'd be surprised to find out. Um, you know, things like requests for information, market sounding, expressions of interest, tender documents and, and the like. So we'll be talking about that and just briefly, I will be briefly explaining to you what all these uh, actually mean. Now let's look at the very first one is request for information. The request for information as the name suggests is just that. So you know there might be companies or government departments or, or um, any of the other regulated organizations they might be asking for information. Now the reason they actually go through this request for information is because they don't necessarily know what the solution that they are after. They might be specifying a problem, they might be coming out to some of the companies and asking them to provide some information as to how some things can or cannot be done. Uh, now, in that request for information, you'll get an opportunity to actually put uh, um, you know, the information forward as to what your company uh, can do. Uh, this is quite an important thing if you do get asked for requests, for, if you do get asked to provide that information, is because you get an opportunity to put uh, your solutions forward, your, um, you know, you get an opportunity to actually provide some of the, the bits and pieces that, um, you know, will actually see your company in the in the better light as you go forward. Uh, you get the first opportunity to actually provide that. And without, without being in the competition, you have actually provided some information. The next one is actually market sounding. So market sounding is very similar to request for information, although... Uh, you know, there's slight difference in the sense that, um, you know, the government departments or regulated organizations that are actually doing the market sounding um, will actually put out a document where they will say that, look, we are, this is a market sounding document. You don't necessarily have to provide all the information. However, in the market sounding, they may be asking for certain types of questions, certain types of things that they are after, which you can actually provide. But again, as I mentioned in the request for information, market sounding, it doesn't actually ask for pricing. It doesn't ask for all those things. It just wants to know what companies are, are out there who may, or may, who may be able to actually undertake the work. I was going to say may or may not, but you know, there's no point in having market sounding for people who may not. But it's actually market sounding is to find out the companies that actually can do the work. I have been involved in some of the market sounding exercises recently and it it is quite intriguing actually. You do get some very interesting uh, things. I've actually been advising a government department in market sounding and we actually went out to a market sounding and we got some very interesting responses back and some things that we weren't really aware of. So it 
actually, you know, through a bit of spanner in the works in the sense that we weren't quite thinking along those lines, but the market sounding process gave us some new ideas which we had to consider. So that's what market sounding is. So if you've got a company that have got a unique way of doing something, this this gives you an opportunity actually to put your things forward. Now, we also got... um, in, in one of the exercises we did, we also got uh, a response back where someone just wrote a one-pager saying that uh, our um, our information, or sorry, our solution is way too confidential to actually put out in terms of uh, market sounding. However, if you are serious about work, you can come and talk to us. So there will be some companies like that as well, obviously, who want to protect their IP and they don't really want to throw it out there and say that this is what their solution is. Well, you know that that's fine too, but nobody's penalised in in market sounding. It's a very open conversation with the market in in a very formal way. Um, but well, that's what market sounding is all about. Now the next one is expressions of interest. Now expression of interest is part of a qualification process to receive a tender document or a further request for proposal. So as the name suggests, the expressions of interest documents that are put out by the government departments or the regulated organization. I keep using the word regulated organizations. I should actually explain it. The regulated organizations are the organizations that are regulated by legislation to actually procure things in a more open manner, open and transparent manner. Now, these are government departments. These are not-for-profit organizations. These are publicly listed companies. So they all are required to actually undertake procurement in the way that uh, they are more accountable. You probably all know that the government departments are required to do that. However, the reason the publicly listed companies are required to do that as well is because they are dealing with public funds as well. They are accountable to their shareholders, which could be in hundreds or hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of uh, shareholders. So that's why I actually mentioned the word regulated organizations. So in any case, just coming back to expressions of interest, expressions of interest actually lead to a a tender process so it basically narrows down the those businesses that actually can provide the service or, or can do the work and expression of interest actually looks at your financial capacity your ability to do, do the work your resourcing and you know whether you are capable of doing the work or not basically it does not involve pricing so you're not actually putting a competitive price however one of the things that that are when when I've been part of the expression of interest is we have asked the question about the pricing structure. So pricing structure meaning you know how does your company structure the pricing? Not necessarily the actual pricing, but how do you structure it? Is it per unit, per ton, per per hours worked, or per project completed, or how do you quantify it? So there might be some questions around that. The expression of interest is not too different from request for tender it still follows the process of request for tender but it falls short of actually awarding a contract at the end of expression of interest but you are selected as one of the few that could go through a tender process so this actually segues us into the request for tender so what is a request for tender request for tender is a public tender process now this one doesn't follow the expressions of interest because expression of interest you would be you would have narrowed down your contractors and you'd 
send a request for tender documents to those selected few the next one is your your selective tendering however the the public tender one is is a pretty much an open tender process that goes out to the public so you have got a uh, you'll receive a request for tender document and it'll be advertised publicly to say that ibnc organization or a council or a government department or a publicly listed company is seeking the services of such and such and that would contain your draft contract your conditions of contract it'll have the information in there it'll have the specification to which the work needs to be done it will have the tender return schedules so that you can actually fill those forms out and send it back to those government departments councils or the regulated organizations now the the next one is the selective tender now selective tender as i mentioned normally follows an expression of interest because you you know the government departments would have actually selected uh, a list of companies that w- that could actually do the work so that hence the name selective tender now the selective tender can also be to just a selected few contractors because the con- you know the work is not such such a large work it needs to be done quickly you don't want to go through a whole heap of public tender process where you advertise it for 21 days or 28 days or whatever it may be so you just go through a selective tender process which means that you've got a, a list of contractors that you know that they will be able to provide the work or, or do the work for you so the government department would issue a selective tender so if your company is lucky enough to receive one of the selective tender then that's a pretty good sign that you've got a good relationship happening in the industry with the right people let's look at the next one is the request for proposal now request for proposal is where you actually are proposing a solution as well as uh, the pricing in the in the like so request for proposal is normally for a, a smaller type of work where they need something done and they've come to you as a company and asked you to provide a proposal so it's a fairly straightforward it's normally not a large um, large amount of uh, money essentially if you're looking at local governments and and government departments they all have certain threshold beyond which they will have to go to public tender so a request for a proposal falls in below that and mainly for a type of work like a consultant does or any of the other other work where you have just come up with the well, sorry the government departments have decided they needed something done and they will come to your company and say can you please provide a proposal so that's a request for proposal now request for quote next one is a request for quote request for quote is generally for a smaller amount of work they know what needs to be done uh, they just go out to a few uh, contractors and say that we need a quote for such and such work to such and such standard now that's a request for quote the request for quote is fairly straightforward Now the next one is proactive proposal. Now proactive proposal is the word suggest is proactive. You are actually as a company going to a regulated organization or to a government department with a solution. So if you've identified that you your product you've got a product or a service that can can help a government department then you would actually write a proactive proposal. So in the proactive proposal you write out the the problems that they possibly have and the solution that your product or service can provide. One of the example could be like um energy efficiency 
uh, lighting, say, for example, if you know that they're the buildings of the government, government buildings have got very high, high, uh, high energy consumption light, then uh, you might write a proactive proposal to them and outline um, how your product would actually serve them better and how your product would actually reduce their carbon footprint as well as reduce the actually cost them as well so these these are some of the reasons why you'd write a proactive proposal so proactive proposals are actually also known as a sales proposal so actually you are writing a sales proposal so there are a lot of things around that particularly if you're writing proactive proposals to the government there are ways of writing proactive proposals to the government now government in itself as some of you would probably know, they control the public funds. So, and they are not in a position to just spend money without having a budget for something. So they do follow the budget cycle. And if you have got a proactive proposal, it actually needs to hit the budget cycles uh, so that you can get a better traction with your project. Okay, let's uh, let's look at what we covered today. Um, we looked at the request for information, number one. Number two, market sounding. Number three, expressions of interest or also known as EOI. Number four is request for tender or a public tender process, which is also known as RFD. Number five, selective tendering. Number six, request for proposal or also known as RFP. Number seven, request for quote. These are for very simple type of work. And number eight, the last one we covered was proactive proposal. So these are some of the different types of bids, tenders and proposals that you would get to deal with if you are a company that are actually doing work for government departments and um, regulated organizations. For the show notes on this episode, you can go to bidsmart.com.au and download your copy of the notes. If there are any other topics that you guys want us to cover here, please feel free to send us some ideas through the contact form at bidsmart.com.au. Until next time, good luck with your bids, tenders and proposals.